The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. Well, hello there and welcome to Brown Table Talk. I am DC Marshall, founder and CEO of Diverse and Engage, a Wall Street alum, top WBE CEO, and LinkedIn top voice. And I'm here with my co-host, Mita. Hey there, Mita. Hey there, D. I'm Mita Malik, a business leader, a DEI champion, and most importantly of all, a working mother. Love it, love it. You all know she's being modest if you listen to the show. But what is the show about if you are new here? You know, Mita and I started Brown Table Talk as a place to spill the tea on all the hard truths women of color face in the workplace. From my perspective as a Black woman and for Mita, her view as a South Asian woman. And at our table, we unpack it all. We won't leave any juicy detail out. But the good news is we also provide you with tips that might be helpful on how to thrive in organizations, not just survive, but how do you thrive? And because Mita and I have earned and worked hard for this platform, by the way, thank you so much for supporting us. Um, But we want to lift up as many women of color as possible, including founders. And if you follow Mita anywhere online, you know that she tracks all of the good, great, and amazing, wonderful things that women of color are doing. And so, Mita, who do you want to shout out today? So today, Dee, I want to shout out Brand Style Bloom. Now, listen, Dee, you know there's skeptics out there. They're going to say, oh, this is a paid ad. Dee and Mita are getting paid to do this. No, no, no. We are on a mission to lift as many women of color as possible. And particularly, we want to shout out women of color who are founders because the founder journey is a tough one. So my friend Elizabeth, I love the company she's building, Brand Style Bloom. It is a personal branding and styling company. She has a very cool online style wellness community. You can join online to help you look and feel your best. And I love what Elizabeth has on her LinkedIn profile. Help you get noticed to achieve your personal vision of success. Sounds like she's coming from the school of DC Marshall. So check out Brand Style Bloom. Amazing. And it's so appropriate for what we're going to talk about today. Awesome. So why don't we get right into it? What are we talking about today, Mita Malik? Well, my friend, we're talking about a topic we started talking about at dinner. And you said to me, Wait, wait, wait. Save it for BTT. Ready? Yes. How women of color are judged on what they wear. Oh, yes. Women of color are judged on what they wear and what we wear. And so this is the conversation I want to have with you. There's so much here. So Dee and I are going to, of course, as always, share stories. Let me see if I can surprise Dee with a story she hasn't heard before, friends. That's always on a mission to do that because she's heard almost everything. And then we're going to provide some tips, coaching, and advice at the end. And we always like to do it from the view of women of color as well as allies. But I love now that even though we still have our conversations offline, 
that I hold the story, hold the story. Cause I want to, yeah. I want to a real reaction. You know, that's what Oprah would do. Like, no, yes. we're not talking. We're never again talking offline. Uh, we need to bring everything for the show unless there's some real stuff that's happening between us, but okay, shoot, let's hear this story. Okay. So as many of you know, as Dee knows, I started a new job in the pandemic. I'm in tech now. And about a year and a half ago, Dee, I was going to present my first company-wide meeting virtually, right? A big deal. First company-wide meeting, I'm going to present a chief diversity officer. So I get the blouse. I'm getting the outfit ready. Of course, yes. waist up, right? Outfit, yep. earrings, makeup. And you know, I haven't been wearing much makeup in the pandemic, but get it all ready. Press the blouse. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Ready in front of the camera. Yes. And a colleague messages me and says... I don't know if you know this and if you got the memo, but we're supposed to be wearing our company t-shirts when presenting. What? And I'm like, ah, company t-shirt. And I'm like, where is that wrinkled thing? It's like in the corner, wrinkled. I'm like, oh my God. So let me shut the camera off so I'm not changing it in front of everybody. So I like shut the camera off. I'm running into the corner. I get my steamer, steaming the little t-shirt, put the t-shirt on, present. And it kind of was like, oh, like I was trying to make a good first impression, but also culturally, everybody's wearing the t-shirt. And the thing I want to talk about today is something my brother said to me. I'm going to call my lovely baby brother out. He's also in tech, but he said, you got to get rid of all your dresses. You're in tech now, baby. Oh. Embrace the hoodie. Embrace oh. the hoodie. And the yes. question is, do I wear the dress or do I embrace the hoodie? And here's what I'm going to say, Dee. I don't have the privilege to wear a hoodie to work. Let's just call it what it is because we call it what it is at Brown Table yep. Talk. Yep. Me yeah. Me wearing a hoodie versus my friend Mark Zuckerberg, which not my friend, but you know, it, it's a very right. different. It's different. Right. So this is what I want to talk about. It's the privilege of like, what you can and can't wear and how you're perceived. I can't show up to work in a t-shirt and hoodie. I just can't. I mean, yeah. yes, can I? Yes, literally I can. Yeah. But the perception of me, yep. I believe certainly will change. Yep. So yeah, I hate this. I hate that we have to even think about these things and talk about these things and that we can't just show up in the hoodie. So first, let me just say, you're right. For all women, for all women, we can't show up in a hoodie for executive women, high level, high ranking, high profile, or if you have aspirations to climb, we can't, but particularly for women of color, because it just doesn't translate well. Men have the luxury to do that. But what it does is it somehow the human mind automatically, I think, in terms of perception, it reduces us. It brings us down versus... You know, you really have to look the part. It's unfortunate, but you really have to look the role. You have to walk in looking like the chief. So Dee, I love what you said about how the human mind perception and how it somehow reduces us. So my other story from a few years ago is, you know, I'm a rule breaker, but I'm also a rule follower. Like yeah. I will assess when you want to break the rules and when you want to follow them, especially when you're working within the system within corporate America. So several years ago, we were given these t-shirts at work. And we were told to wear them the next day to work. And let me tell you, this was the t-shirt that could have been a dress, a tent, or blanket. I have not met all of our listeners in person, but I am five, one and a half. I am small. But you project big, friend. You project big. I project big. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so I 
follow the rules. And I wear this t-shirt to work the next day. The t-shirt is swimming to like my ankles. And the funny thing is no one else wears the t-shirt the next day. Because it's like a leadership offsite. I'm the only one who wears the t-shirt. No way. People see me in the hall and they say, are you coming from the gym? Are you sick? No. Are you okay? Because I always was always taught, dress the level you want to be. And baby, we're in the C-suite. So we dress the level we want to be. So it was also interesting to me that I wore the company t-shirt and no one else did. I followed the rules. And everyone's like, are you going to the gym? Are you okay? Why are you wearing that? I'm like, because they told me to wear it. So I wore it. So I think this applies across the board in corporate now, but particularly in tech. I love that your brother said, get rid of the dress. I have a quick story before you go. So hold your thought there. Our first client in tech, so Diverse and Engage, my team and I, we fly out to Austin and we do live training at Big Tech in Austin. They stream to New York and then we fly, I think, to San Fran and they stream to Seattle. Well, we have on dress. We're business, casual, kind of, sort of, in dresses and shoes. By the time we got to California, I had to put on my sandals because we were so off brand for tech. Tech casual, dresses are canceled, you look out of place, you look like you don't get the audience, you don't belong. So I love that your your brother, he was right, cancel every dress. But how you work my brother was right. Your brother was right. Brother is ally in a lot of ways. You know I like your brother's insight into that. And so, but how we manage that with all, all of our tech clients is I am always in denim on the bottom, right? Tech casual is jeans, t-shirt, or hoodie. I'm always with a blazer on top. So if you see me at my tech clients, my signature is that. And then there's always a hot shoe, but I also have high top sneakers now. How about that? Oh my God. You told me to get the high tops. I haven't done that yet. Well, still, I don't know that we're wearing those in the office. Show up with a cute shoe, denim on the bottom, blazer on top of the t-shirt. That works. Oh, don't tell me my brother's right. But yes, no, he's generally right. <laughs> so I, I have been thinking about this a lot. What do you wear in the office, especially of two years of the pandemic, some of us virtual, those of us who had the privilege to be virtual, hybrid, all of this. And so I went to Elizabeth at Brand Style Bloom and I covered her for Entrepreneur and wrote a piece on... What do I wear to the office? I wanted to ask her all these questions. So I need to read you what she said in this piece because this is, wow. So, you know, Elizabeth starts this business. She's a creative marketing genius. And she recognizes women have many more choices when it comes to what they wear and are also judged more harshly than men on their appearances. Mm -hmm. Leaders like Mark Zuckerberg, President Barack Obama, and Steve Jobs had all publicly proclaimed that they made the choice to wear the same thing every day. A uniform of gray or blue suits, blue jeans, and that black mock turtleneck or a simple gray t-shirt. So this is what Elizabeth says. Are you ready? Yeah. I think that this is definitely a decision that you can make once you have had the privilege of reaching a certain point in your career or have enough zeros in your bank account. Come on. Most of us do not have this privilege much less have the chance to explain why we wear what we wear. And that's especially true for women. And I'll say women of color. Boom, mic drop. Uh, What else do you say to that? It's totally true. So there is this piece of the privilege of where you are in terms of the power dynamics and what you wear to work. Yes. 
I think yes. And can I tell you something? I am a uniform girl. So I do subscribe to uniform and on purpose repeating. Oh, you didn't know that? It's uh, to manage decision fatigue. So at the beginning of the pandemic, it was always uh, leggings on the bottom because no one could see my bottom. And um, and it was a black t-shirt. So I have a million t-shirts. And then what I realized is this dilemma that we're talking about right now in terms of managing perception. I didn't have the luxury as a CEO of Diverse and Engaged to get on Zoom back in 2020 and have on a t-shirt. I also noticed that my energy and the way I projected when I put on a blouse. I look like a boss. I look like I'm running things. And unfortunately, so I did come out of that uniform. In fact, I'm wearing a blouse now. We talked about these blouses. I switched to my entire Zoom wardrobe is off the charts, okay? And by the way, although we have no paid advertisements here, I'm going to share this link on our page about where I get these fabulous blouses. We're not going to shout them out because, because it is, it's not owned by a woman of color, okay? But I okay. but I will I will share that. So I switched recently back to a uniform and it is a black turtleneck uh and and leggings for this last winter because of decision fatigue. And my team says, they gave me feedback. They said, "No, you still look like the boss." So so you go. What what say you, friend? It is about managing decision fatigue. I agree with that. I also enjoy picking out what I wear. It brings me some joy, right? So I think there's a balance to that. Yeah. What I would say, okay, I'm going to go back to our dinner and let everyone in on this conversation. Okay, so I've known Dee for many years. Oh, gosh. Dee has very, very nice handbags. Dee has very, very nice things. I'm just going to say that, Dee. You do. So we talked about this, this. Because I don't own a very, very nice handbag. I think my handbag is from three years ago, no label, no brand. I think I have one or two kind of nice bags. Actually, my brother, for the first birthday that I celebrated without my father, because we lost him five years ago, bought me like the nicest handbag, which I cradle with me and my daughter's on the floor. (laughs) I'm like, wait, hold the handbag like a baby. This is really expensive, this handbag. But it's just, it's interesting to me that that choice, right? especially as you get more senior in your career, managing the perception and the nice handbag. And my other story, Dee, and you know this because you were there with me, I was up for a really big CDO job for one of the top five luxury global companies in the world. I didn't get that job. And I refused to buy the handbag from that company, which I'm glad I didn't because I might have burned it. After the interview process, but I I ended up go- going to my friends Jill, my friends Kate. I borrowed all their bags for the interviews, right? Because I had to dress the part. And Good then strategy. I bought the nine hundred dollars shoes, which I can't even wear anymore. Nine hundred dollars shoes, right? I'm saying that. Please don't tell mom. Oh my god! But I wore it for the interviews because I had to dress the part. So, anyways, I am very conflicted about this idea of managing perception and having to look the part. And also, like, buy expensive things. Now, I think that's part of my immigrant background and mentality, not growing yeah, up with a yeah. lot and feeling yeah. like this guilt of, of spending so much on something. Yeah. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, 
TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tomer Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves, and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were, we were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. Uh, we'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. and so. We had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. So, you know, I, I do think that you do have to look the part and manage perception. I don't think you have to buy expensive name brand designer things. I don't. I do think some of this, Mita, is about where we are based. Yes. We are in New York Metro. And so, you know, we're all things trend, brand, everything in the region, right? That's a New York, Jersey, tri-state thing, right? I do think it's also a thing in other major markets. If you go down 95 to DC, it is similar thing. You're G4 classified. And so you have a G4 classified bag. But I do think you have to manage perception. I often use the measure metric or benchmark in terms of the outfit. Do you look like, do you look like the boss? Do you look like, (laughs) right, a POI, a person of interest? So I think you do have to, I think we have to manage perception. So for every woman listening, if you aspire higher and you aspire to good, great, and high levels of leadership, I do think you, you dress the part I don't think you buy into expensive things. Don't, don't, don't do that. Because you know why you want to be able to carry it. You want it to be your authentic brand and signature brand. What I love about your brand, Mita, you and these blouses, but the jewelry, your ear game, baby, listen, let me tell you something. I see. You know, what's interesting, exactly to what you said. I was once schooled many years ago, taught that you always look in your office, you want to dress to what you want to aspire to be, what you said, right? And so, but here's the question. If your CEO is wearing a hoodie and you're a woman of color, you don't get to wear the hoodie, right? You don't, I'm just going to say that. Like, I don't get to show up in the hoodie. Now, I had a CEO years ago who would always wear the Patagonia. You know that Patagonia zip up? Yeah. There was like three colors and he would show up in them all the time and he was the CEO and somehow as a CEO, as the man, he was still the boss, right? So there is still that, like, I can't show up in that Patagonia. No, you can't. And people are going to be like, she's the boss. No, we can't. We can't. It's unfortunate, but it is the truth. You do have to manage perception in business and as a professional. You do, on purpose, intentionally, until you have enough zeros in your bank account or you aspire to the level of where where you want to be and you're comfortable walking in whatever. But still to this day, I mean, I'm planning for a couple speaking engagements live and, you know, 
okay, I got to figure this out. I hate it. I hate that I have to plan in advance. Like I have to think about these things. I don't want to be thinking about my wardrobe. That's why I like that uniform, managing decision fatigue. And for, I think for our listeners who may not know, right, you are, there's a theory about losing or managing your cognitive reserves. And so you want to reduce the number of decisions that you make during the course of the day. So, you know, autopilot what you can autopilot. I know this isn't part of the episode today or what we're talking about, but autopilot what you can autopilot. Now, I will say this last piece though, Mita. I do have some, you know, I'm a high-low girl. So, you know, I have signature pieces that somehow get a lot of spotlight and reaction. And so sometimes I look more pulled together than I really am because I just have one or two signature pieces. And the signature pieces are basically handbag, shoe, and like they're accessories. But my wardrobe is from the big box store, right? It's from the big, yeah. uh, you know, the big retailer, literally. It's, it's, it's disposable yes. wardrobe. The top is is a cup of coffee. It's dinner. It's the cost of dinner. Now the handbag and the shoe game. Oh, it's a whole situation. Do you understand? D, yeah, they are. But D, our listeners are going to come after you. Sustainable fashion. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, okay. Okay, sustainable class. Fashion. That's okay though. But but you, as long as you keep wearing them, we'll unpack that later. Okay. Unpack so that. before we get into our tips for coaching. Tips and coaching. Before we get into that, D, I have one more story. I got to leave this one with you. I love it. Bring it. So you know what's interesting too is that when you're on Zoom, we're having this discussion now as we're re-entering the world because when you're on Zoom, as you're saying, people can't see your bottoms. You can't tell where this blouse is from. Looks nice, but you can't see it close up. The fabric, the label, all of those. So. Another one of my failed CDO journeys. D remembers this one. Another CDO job I was up for. I'm ready to tell this story. Big publishing house, big oh. media company. Oh. I'm interviewing with the key woman there. Oh. People know who that key woman is. I'm not going to say the name, but there was a movie oh. made about her. I'm interviewing with her on Zoom. So the exec search firm says to me, they want to see what my outfit is because she doesn't like when people wear black. She doesn't like it when people wear black, right? Shut so up. I show the search firm, we get on a call so they can see what outfits I'm going to wear. Okay. Do you know, I'm going to fast forward. I do the interview with her. The feedback is she loved me. I killed it. I didn't get the job, but that's another story. Loved me, killed it. Guess right. what I wore to meet with her? What? A $12 pink blouse from the loft. And she'll never know until this moment. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And the agony of what it would have been if I had to interview in person. The agony, right? Of trying to impress from head to toe. Where I was in my $12 blouse, it looked good on Zoom. I did well in the interview. But that's so inappropriate. Why does she, unless it is a, I guess somehow a very public or front-facing, consumer-facing role where you're selling fashion and brand. I just think that's a a lot of pressure and that's unfortunate. And that would have been a conversation about you not being a culture fit because that's what happens to women of color. They don't like our blouse. Okay, everyone, this has been an awesome conversation. We're going to now head into our tips as you're listening to this conversation of how women of color are judged on what they where. So for our BTT community, I'm going to do our first two tips and pass it over to my friend D to drop the mic. Number one, dress for the career-defining moments. I think we talked about that. Understand the context of the company you're, you're speaking at or entering, whether it's myself, I work in 
an organization. D, who is a boss who's going in to help organizations understand the context. Number two, you know, Elizabeth helped me with this and other friends have helped me with this. Have your go-to power outfit. What brings the best out in you? What do you feel more, most comfortable in? And a little bit what Dee was just talking about. She has her uniform and that makes her feel like a boss. Dee, over to you for three. Yep. And tip number three is create a signature brand. So identify, you know, and and bring out the best of what you love. So if there is a signature look or style, do multiples of that signature look or style. If it's accessories or if it's a top or a bottom, shoe game, bag game, whatever it is, create a signature style. And those are our tips for today. That's it. I can't believe it's the end of the episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Dee and I love this community. If you enjoyed the conversation, please share it with a woman of color who's looking for community and conversation. And of course, please share it with an ally who's looking to do better and be better. And if you're looking for more tips, follow DNI on LinkedIn, go to diverseandengage.com. If your company needs help, D is there for it and here for it. And we will see you next time. Side effects of listening to Brown Table Talk may include allies unleashed, getting paid more, and a dose of badassery all the way around. More at www.browntabletalkpodcast.com.